The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 2006 versus 2004. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter! One man leaves! 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 But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hit. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to Action Film Face-Off, the show where two random years are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one of those random years, while I will bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of this episode. Let me introduce you to one of your hosts, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason Weasel Skull Albrecht. Yes, indeed. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero, and the villain. And we will not do it in that order. We have never done it in that order. And we will continue to not do it in that order. (laughs) And then... There will be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. But let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. All right. Thank you, Jason. Before our two films enter the Video Dome arena where they are calling for blood already, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, which is theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. They get early access to special long box episodes. They get to vote on show content. In fact, my film choice for tonight was voted on by the Crusaders Club members. So there's a lot of cool bennies you get from that, and these are the folks who are doing it. Thank you for being a friend. Angelica Wolf. Bill from the Bat Pod. Blasted or stash it. Bob Busta Busta. Braxton Underwood. David Capuni. David Collins. Battle Wagon. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. I the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John and Maggie. Jose Poyo. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. Ronald Went. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin the Barbarian. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor Bradford William from the Cast Dice Podcast. Thank you, Bradford. And, of course, if we missed anybody on our list, we apologize, especially since we're at 29 patrons right now. You know you want to be our 30th. Get in on this, people. But anyway, if we did overlook you, don't worry about it. It was just an oversight, and we do record these episodes in advance. So if you've joined recently, we'll get you added up to that. But uh, if you want to make us aware of it, of this oversight, just send an email to longboxcrusade.com. 
we'll straighten it out. And you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders <laughs> Club member, Jared? For most people, it's very simple. You just go to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade or go to patreon.com forward slash Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Anyway, let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 2006 and the Crusaders Club selected Casino Royale for me. And that stars Daniel Craig, Mads Mikkelsen, and Ava Green. What year did the randomizer select for you, Jason? Well, I got 2004, so I'm putting into our Videodome arena Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, starring that red-blooded American hero Jude Law, (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow, and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> well, that's a fine matchup, folks. So it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason. We each had to select from our assigned year, or in my case, the Crusaders Club selected for me. So I might very well like his selection better than mine, which I do not, or vice versa. I do not either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We don't want to give away who's going to win, but this is all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. And here's your spoiler warning, folks. If you haven't seen Casino Royale, what the hell is wrong with you? And if you haven't seen Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow, that one might have got by you. We encourage you to pause here. Go watch the films. We'll be here when you get back. And then that way you can join the discussion, spoiler free, and knowing what we're talking about. So here's your opportunity to pause, and we will see you on the other side of this Richard Marks song. Okay, welcome back. Hopefully you took advantage of that spoiler break and you're all caught up. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm certain it was a good time for you. Okay, let me jump in with some quick information on 2006's Casino Royale. This may be too much for a blunt instrument to understand. Any thug can kill. I want you to take your ego out of the equation. So you want me to be half monk, half hitman? I knew it was too early to promote you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. As I mentioned earlier, the film stars Daniel Craig, Ava Green, and Mads Mikkelsen is directed by Martin Campbell, one of my favorite Bond directors. Uh The story goes a little something like this. The Daniel Craig James Bond era begins as 007 attempts to stop a financier of terrorism, Le Chiffre. You see, Le Chiffre took some money from some bad African warlords and promised them a high rate of return. Then he attempted to sabotage a newly designed airliner to manipulate the stock market, creating said high rate of return. But guess who shows up to raid on Le Chiffre's parade and stop the bombing? Bond, James Bond. 
Now the Schieffer is desperate to save his skin and enters a high-stakes poker game to recoup his losses before the African warlord gets too angry. But guess who shows up at the card game to rain on the Schieffer's next parade? You guessed it, Bond, James Bond. Taking the 007 franchise into a new direction with more stripped-down gadgets, more brutal fisticuffs, and a soft reboot of the entire franchise, Casino Royale sets out a whole new azimuth for everyone's favorite British assassin. And I worked azimuth into that, so proud of myself. I like that. That, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) And here's a couple of trivia nuggets for you on this one. Daniel Craig actually rejected the part of James Bond a year before he took it, as he had felt the series had settled into a standard formula, and then he changed his mind when he read the finished script. Daniel Craig is the first actor to play James Bond, who is younger than the franchise itself. Mm-hmm. And finally, this is the first James Bond film that was approved by the Chinese censors. All other films in the franchise were available in China only as illegal bootlegs. So this is the first time the Chinese said, eh, all right, you can put James Bond in our market. That's pretty cool. And with that, I pass it over to Jason. Okay, so I will give you the rundown on 2004's Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. When the shadow of evil falls across mankind. Come in, Sky Captain. A bold flying ace. This is Sky Captain. I'm on my way. One intrepid reporter. What's this all about? He's coming for me. Who's coming? And a courageous naval officer. What have you got me into this time, Joseph? Nothing you can't handle, Frankie. Are all that stand between the enemies of the future and the world of tomorrow. Captain, this is Dex. Do you read me? Come in. Hang on, Dex. I'm a little busy. Jude Law. Hold on. Gwyneth Paltrow. Can't anything ever be simple with you? And Angelina Jolie. It's a pleasure to finally meet the competition. Yo! I see it! Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Join the resistance at skycaptain.com. The cast and crew included Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, and Giovanni Ribisi. It was directed by Carrie Conran. And it goes a little something like this. The year is 1939 and the city of New York is under attack by giant robots controlled by a sinister and mysterious enemy. Only the mercenary pilots under the command of Sky Captain Joe Sullivan stand ready to defend against the assault. Meanwhile, intrepid reporter Polly Perkins is investigating the mysterious disappearances of leading world scientists. When the good captains and Polly's cases become connected, the two join forces to uncover a deadly plot. 
the two must learn to put their own trouble past behind them in order to save the world. And my little bits of trivia include that astute Longbox fans might have felt that the giant robots look somewhat familiar, and that's because they were modeled after the Max Fleischer Superman cartoon, The Mechanical Monsters. Also, when Sky Captain and Polly are underwater, they pass over a sunken ship called the Venture. This is the ship that carried King Kong, and you can even see a gigantic cage on the wreck. That's cool. And finally, Dr. Jennings' lab is suite number 1138, which is an homage to George Lucas and his film, THX 1138. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Get into round one. Round one is the story. How engaging and original is your story? And we will just start discussing story with Casino Royale 2006. Jason, pontificate. I particularly liked in the story the beginning pieces of that and how Bond follows the clues to disrupt the terrorist act. That first third of the film was particularly brilliant because it makes you pay attention. Mm -hmm. And you follow him capturing the cell phone and then finding out the cell phone's history through breaking into him's computer, finding out where the cell phone call originated from, walking the clues all the way back. I thought that was really good. I also thought the story stayed true to the feel of the book. I mean, it wasn't a scene-for-scene remake, but it did have all of the elements of Fleming's Casino Royale, which I thought was was really good. I thought there was great dialogue throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the dialogue was delivered both from the villains and the heroes' side of the fence with terrific acting and professionalism. The plot itself might not have been totally realistic. I always thought it was just a little too complicated to get Lashif by having Bond come in there and basically beat him at cards. I think there's probably more direct route to getting the chief, you know, into a black ops site, you know, <laughs> but the story itself, the way it was written and the way it was filmed, it made you feel like you were in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just let that slide like water off a duck's back. So overall, I thought the story was pretty tight, and pretty well written and kept me engaged the whole way. But I've rambled on enough. What are your thoughts? Longtime listeners of the show know that my thoughts often mirror your thoughts. And, you know, so are our scores. So it's a game within the podcast now to try to match our scores. We'll get to those in a <laughs> In a minute. But my thoughts on the story are very similar to yours. I think it was a wonderful homage to the original source material. For listeners who don't know, most of you probably know this, but this was the original James Bond novel, the very first novel by Fleming. If you want to watch a strangely more accurate portrayal of the novel, you can check out the old black and white Climax Casino Royale starring Barry Nelson. And even that takes some liberties. It does. Making Bond American being one? Yeah, Bond is American in that version, and Felix Leiter's British. But aside from that, a lot of the story elements are the same. But they kept a lot of the story elements here. They expanded it for a modern storytelling to get more action and suspense. I mean, we all love the part where he blew that dude up on the tarmac with his own bomb. You know, that's not in the <laughs> that's not in the book. But like Jason said, the storytelling is crisp. It'll lose a little bit from me for it didn't have it didn't stick the landing. I 
felt like the movie crescendos and then there's about 20 more minutes of movie. I think they could have cleaned up the ending maybe a little more. I understand why they did what they did. It's not bad. It's just I've often said this film has a pacing problem for me, although overall I enjoy watching it. So it's a good story. It's got the respect to Fleming and that's really all I can ask. And having said that, let's go back to 1939, Jason, and let me know your thoughts on Sky Captain and the World Tomorrow and the story found therein. Well, I like the pulp sci-fi element of it. I like a lot of what they tried to do with it. It was clever. Visually, it was very interesting. We'll talk more about that in Spectacle. I thought there was lots of action and a relatively good pace. I guess the biggest mark I have against it is I really didn't feel the chemistry between Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, we've done the spoiler warning, so I'll just come out and say it. You get the sense that they had this romantic history together. Jude Law may or may not have cheated on her with Angelina Jolie's character in the movie. And she, in response, sabotaged his plane, tried to kill him, and he was captured and tortured in a Japanese prison camp. I'm just saying the responses weren't proportionate. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm, so I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, for a, sort of a lighthearted late 30s romp, that was kind of dark. I'm like, wait, she tried to kill him? Yeah, I was like, no, we're... <laughs> We're through. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, we're through. And then he's like, he's like, oh, you know, let's let bygones be bygones. I'm like, attempted murder is where I draw the line. And you're letting her get back in your plane, man. <laughs> but at any rate, I thought that was kind of the worst element of it. I thought that just the chemistry just didn't feel right to me between the two of them. I will obviously agree with you there. When you first told me you were picking Sky Captain, I think I sent you some kind of text like, I hate you now or something. Something like that was what I texted you. That's exactly what you texted. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I had seen it. I did never did see it in theaters, but I had seen it on DVD. So I probably watched it in 2005 or maybe in late 2004. And it just bored me the first time I saw it. I, I had zero interest in it. It did not grab me. It did not maintain me. And a lot of that may have to do with the relationship stuff you pointed out. And I was just like, nah, okay, Sky Captain. So when you said you wanted to bring it to action for face up, I was like, oh man, I don't like to be negative on the program. I don't like to be negative in general these days. I've kind of grown out of that, but I was like, I really don't want to get a program to be negative. So there's a good news part of the story here is I'm glad I rewatched it. Now I go back and I see that the story is an absolute homage to, like you said, Fleischer, King Kong the Flash Gordon serials we've been watching. Yes. Having done all that on Saturday matinee theater with Sherlock Holmes and Flash Gordon, it gave me a whole new lens for this movie. And now I get what they were doing. That's kind of why I picked it, because I really kind of felt that connection between the Flash Gordon serials. And I thought this Mm -hmm. would be a nice revisiting because I I personally I was in Iraq when this movie came out. So I had to watch it on a pirated DVD. So I was really interested to see it again because I hadn't seen it since then and actually see it on a decent screen and give it a decent chance. So that's Mm -hmm. what my thoughts were when I picked it. I still think some of the elements of the movie are weak and it still is a challenge to hold my interest. You know how I kind of, we'll talk about in spectacle kind of grade that. Do I go to my phone? Do I check Twitter? I did it a couple times in the movie. Didn't hold me as well as some, but I do have a newer appreciation for it. So it'll get a decent score. And speaking of which let's get to the scoring. Just a reminder of how this works is Jason and I are going to score this each on a scale of one to 10. We do not know what each other's scores are. So you can play that fun game within the podcast to see how often Jason and I are going to match hint. It's usually a lot. 
uh, for some reason, I guess because we grew up in the same household appreciating the same films. But we're going to do it on a one to ten. Five is average. Five means it's okay. It's kind of what you'd expect to see on a, on a standard TV show, you know, perhaps. It gets you through. You like it. It's just fine. Middle of the road, five. And then six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, you're really loving it. And four, three, two, one. It's kind of letting you down. So with that barometer set, let's get Jason's score for Casino Royale. Well, the I th- story of Casino Royale. Oh, okay. It's a 12. <laughs> yeah, it's a 154. <laughs> no, I think the Casino Royale, like I said, the story was faithful to the original content. It did have a bit of a pacing problem, but overall, I liked it. At the end of the day, I'm going to give that one an eight. All right, people, if you picked the over for matches, you're already ahead of the game because I scored it an eight as well on my <laughs> card. It's a fun game in the podcast. Now, how many matches could there possibly be? Well, let's see. We do, what, five categories, two movies. So you can get up to 10 matches. So you just got your first one. I scored it an eight as well. Same reasons. I think it's solid. You fix that pacing problem. You're really pushing towards a 10. But as it stands, solid film, eight. So let's see if we can match again for the people at home. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. The story, you like it to the tune of. Like I said, I like what they tried to do with it. It didn't land all the punches. Kind of fell apart a little bit for me in the third act. And I'm going to give it a little bit of a bump for its creativity. I landed on a set. Oh, okay. Sorry, folks. No match in this round. We're very, very close, though. I was a little harsher to it. I gave it a six. When I first time I watched it, I probably would have given it a four. But now that I have the lens of the homageness that it was doing, and I can respect that, and it made me enjoy it more. So I gave it a six. Yeah, as we were sitting here talking about it, I was like, yeah, it could go between a six or a seven on that. But seven is what I felt at the end of it. So I'll stick with my seven. I think that's fair. And that's also the end of round one. Nobody's bitch. All right. So in round two, we're going to talk about the hero. How cool were the good guys? Yeah, I think that Bond guy, he might be around for a little bit. (laughs) That might catch on. We might be on to something. So how cool was the hero in Casino Royale? Well, I know that we're not the scores yet, but didn't we say there was a minimum score requirement for Bond? There is. And I don't remember what it was. But I'm pretty sure I made the score correctly. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) the hero is Bond, James Bond. He is iconic. He is my favorite fictional character of all time. What more is there to say? So really, at this point, when I start scoring it, and I know we'll get to score in in a minute, I really look at him as compared to other performances of Bond. I want to say that all Bonds are required to start at at least a seven or an eight or something like that. I can't remember what rule we made when we did. Yeah, I had to start at a seven. Like, I'm thinking like Roger Moore to view to a kill still a seven. (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. So I kind of do compare him in a Bond performance, and so he's going to get over a seven, I'll tell you that right now. This is one of Craig's better performances. I don't know that Craig's ever turned in a bad one, to be honest with you, unless you just don't like Craig, but I thought he was the most physical Bond, the most physically fit Bond. Mm -hmm. He looked incredible. He acted it well. When you look at the whole package of Hero or Heroes, even though we're still a little unclear as to whether Renee Mathis is part of the heroes or villains tribe a lot in this movie. Spoiler alert, he's part of the heroes tribe. And they do interesting things with Renee Mathis, so I like him. Ava Green, again, she's a gray area. Is she a hero? Is she not? But she carries her character really well. She's one of the most well-respected Bond girls of the entire franchise. So there's a lot going for it. 
and I like everything about it. And I like Craig's homage to Timothy Dalton's harder edge, James Bond. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm a big Dalton fan for people out there who don't know. Heard that. Uh, yeah. So with that, I'll pass it over to you and let you tell me what you thought of the hero or heroes of Casino. Well, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> Connery's here. <laughs> I think that Namba Pambi is a James Bond wannabe. I could beat him in push-ups, one-arm push-ups, right now. Get down, Craig. Give me 20. You can't because your little arm hurts or you tweak your little knee. Most physical Bond, my patootie. You're not talking to the most physical Bond. Cottery. Four. Always- four. <laughs> He gets a four. Okay, so Connery scored him a four. You know how Connery likes to crash in on a lot of podcasts and kind of knew he wouldn't be able to stay away tonight. But now that we got Connery's opinion out of the way, let's talk to Jason. All right. I'm making him sip his little drink right now. It's nighty night time, Sean. Nighty night. It's a four. It's a four. You're, you're still the greatest Bond, Sean. So, okay. I think he's out. I agree with what you said. It's James M. Effin Bond, man. And Craig does great in his first foray into 007 coming out of the gate. I love Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. I thought he did a great oh, job. How did, I, how did I not mention Felix Leiter? Well, that's okay. You got Renee Mathis, and I forgot about him. So All right. Know, we're a good so, duo. So we covered it. Eva Green is just beautiful. She's a terrific actor. Has great chemistry with Craig as Vesper. I thought that she did a fantastic job. We get Dame Judy Dench is still with us, and mm-hmm. I just love her as M. And you know what? I'm going to give it a point for who's not here. You know who's not in this movie? Is it Hipster Q? It's that douchebag Q. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't stand that little little twerp, man. And he's not in this movie. And I know we're not supposed to get negative, but every time that guy comes on there, it's like, <laughs> Jason doesn't like the new cube. What is he going to make a gadget? They're like words. You <laughs> know? Not, he's not even in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm actually, for the first time in action film face-off history, I'm bumping it up a point for somebody not being in the film. <laughs> Looking forward to your score. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but before we do the scores, we got to talk a little bit about the heroes from Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> What'd you think of that all-American red-blooded hero? <laughs> I'm still, laughing. Sullivan. I'm still laughing because you're giving it a point for someone not being in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a whole point for not having that Q douchebag in the movie. <laughs> okay. Well, Sky Captain Joe, what was his last name? Sullivan. Fight Joe, Joe Sullivan, that red-blooded American. <laughs> that the very, lion tiger. <laughs> that very British Joe Sullivan, red-blooded Chip, Chip, American. Chip, I'm Joe. <laughs> Hello, I'm Joe. <laughs> Well, I liked him. I I liked him. Here's, I guess, a compliment that's not really going to help Joe is I'm actually a big fan of Giovanni Rubisi. I think he's great in everything I see him in. I kind of wish I'd seen more of him in this film. You mentioned earlier, too, like Sky Captain is the captain of Legion of Pilots, but you don't ever really see much of his Legion. I guess a lot of them get taken out in the first act. There's probably a reason for that. But I think I would have liked to see him be more of a legion of pilots leader than focus a lot of the story on him and Gwyneth Paltrow, where the chemistry, like you said, didn't quite land, no pun intended. Angelina Jolie's chemistry worked better with him, and she was on set, I think I read in the trivia, for three days. (laughs) 
I think she did three days of filming in this whole movie. So it does have a chemistry problem, but all the heroes are fairly likable, even with the attempted murder aside. It's okay. I mean, I guess I can't really think of anything else to say. I didn't not like it, but it didn't blow me away. So I'll just hand it back to you. Well, I'll just get this out of the way. I just, I've never liked Gwyneth Paltrow. I still don't. yeah sorry paltrow fans but as you said we had giovanni ribisi so that kind of offset each other a little bit so that was a wash i thought jude law did well as joe sullivan but i just like why did they pick jude law i mean this Mm -hmm. is when i think flying tigers that was an american volunteer group so you're thinking this would be the american fighter pilot type it just seemed kind of weird and out of character again nothing against jude law and he did fine in the movie but left me scratching my head a little bit i like to recast it in my head i'd like to see harrison ford circa 1982 or 83 yeah yeah or younger brad pitt or somebody with i don't know christopher walken that's right (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to fight the robots (laughs) (laughs) oh there's robots everywhere (laughs) i gotta use my trip wire All right, actual face-off fans, you should probably know that I want to cast Christopher Walken in everything. So if they do a new Jaws movie, I want him to play the shark. That's how much I love him. That would be good. That would be good, too. (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, those are my thoughts on Sky Captain. Largely mirror your own. I hate being, it seems like I've been negative in two movies (laughs) in a row. But I I hate Douchey Q. He's yeah. not in <laughs> Which I'm glad. And I'm giving an old point for that. So in a way, I'd be a positive. But anyway, let's put a lid on this. Put this back in the bag and let's score these. So what are you giving the hero from Casino Royale? It's James Bond. It's really well done, James Bond. It's getting a very solid nine from me. Are we match gaming it or are you going full 10? No, we're match gaming it. Sean Connery was looking and he would have had a cow if I would have put a 10 on there. <laughs> It's so. A four. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we are match gaming it. Nines and nines. What about for uh, Sky Captain? Where'd you land with him? I feel like we could probably match game it for the people playing at home once again, but I want to know what you say to my six. I went a little bit lower. I think the Gwyneth Paltrow really just kind of drove me down and I landed on a five. You know, I understand. I wish there was better chemistry. I wish the hero was a little more all-American flyboy. You know, some actors and actresses just don't, you know, I'm, I'll am i be up front and honest with you. I have a somewhat natural disdain that I cannot explain for Julia Roberts. I think I, I can explain it. <laughs> no, just, no, I've said enough. Enough negativity. Come on, God. Come on, Jason. You, I want to make you feel better just to let you know there are certain people that you just you just can't like them. Yeah. You know, I you know what? Russell Crowe, not a big fan. I can't tell you why. Yeah, it's kind of hot and cold, some of the stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You know, for my father-in-law, it's Alan Alda. He can't stand Alan Alda. (laughs) Really? There's somebody out there that can't stand Alan Alda. I know, know, right? I didn't know that was possible. (laughs) Yeah, to your point, some people that just rub us the wrong way. Alan Alda haters out there, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for me, that's Gwyneth Paltrow and Douchebag Q. I think that's how his name appears in the credits. Let's talk about the villain, Jared. Okay, let's get into round three. Put the knife away and shut your mouth. 
Round three is the villain. How memorable, how menacing, how awesome is your villain? Often an overlooked category. Great villains make great movies. So Jason, talk to me a little bit about villain or villains. There's kind of a menagerie, but I think we can both agree that Mads Mikkelsen steals the show as the Schieffer. But hey, it's not me for me to talk about. It's for you. Well, Jared, Maz Mikkelsen, and I know it's pronounced Maz because I am cool in a world traveler and I've been to Iceland, oh. is awesome. He's <laughs> Cool and conniving as F, man. I really liked him in this movie. He was one of my favorite Bond villains. All the other baddies were kind of throwaway. Mm -hmm. um, And I kind of was missing, you know, that odd job, Jaws, Stamper type of character. Kind of wish they would have had that. But Mickelson by himself really holds up and does just a bang up job as a villain in this movie. I concur. I agree with you. I think Maz Mickelson (laughs) steals the show captivating performance and i think that's probably what leads to the pacing problem because i think he gets eliminated about two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah you're right and then you're kind of left with you know the guy who shows up half sunglasses half regular glasses thing going on but i don't know (laughs) i know that's an homage and a nod to the original source material and i respect that but he wasn't anybody we were invested in and the african warlord we weren't really invested in him either i mean he was menacing and all but like you said the others were throwaway so the score will pretty much be completely reliant on Maz and his performance was really great. So let's talk about villains in Sky Captain. And this is where things I think are going to get interesting. So lay it on me. I don't think it's a big secret. This was the weakest element of the movie. The robots were cool, Mm -hmm. but there's really no main villain for the hero to go kind of toe to toe with. They had the one cyborg lady or robot lady. Asian robot lady is what Mm -hmm. I called her. I don't know. Yeah. And she could have been cool, but they invested zero amount of film time in giving her any real serious backstory or motivations. I still don't really understand what the motivation of the whole plot was. I think it was like a computer something. Well, all right. So those of you who didn't take advantage of the plot twist, one of the things I did like about it was that you finally get to the head bad guy and you find out he's dead. And he's been dead for years. He's basically like Hugo Drax from Moonraker. He's trying to send something of a Noah's Ark up into space and start over, I think. But he died and only his computer programs continue to fulfill his destiny. That I thought was very clever. But you trade clever and for not having a main villain. <laughs> First guy captain to go up against. Like you said, Asian robot lady was definitely interesting, but they didn't develop her. She just kind of shows up at key moments and you're like, oh, it's her again. And were we really surprised when she ended up being a robot? Uh, No, (laughs) not not really. Being the robot didn't bother me. It's just I thought that there was a real opportunity there for them to kind of experiment with the AI concept and why this program continues beyond its human programmer. I think that there could have really been some interesting stuff that was laid into the story there. But instead, she just really becomes this throwaway villain, which in reality, she wasn't that much different than any of the other robots that we saw. Yep. (laughs) All I can say is, yep. And then we can bust out some scores. 
Let's go check in on old Maz Mickelson now that I know how to say it. And on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about him? Well, I couldn't quite get him up to the hero's level when you got the great Eva Green. You got Jeffrey Wright as Felix was cool. So, And then Maz is going up against him by himself. Almost holds his own. I gave him an eight. Match game. Oh, you did. Okay. I think he's one of the stronger, more memorable Bond villains, and I scored him accordingly with an eight. Well, let's go to Sky Captain. Once again, pretty clever story twist to have your human creator have been dead for maybe decades in all this all the machinations of his machines. I think that's super clever, but it leaves us without a lot of villainy. So where'd you land? And I think I kind of factored in the cleverness in there with my story. So I'm just looking at it purely from the villain aspect, and there's not really a villain in the story in the end it's just all machines doing what machines do there was an opportunity for them to explore that but they never did so i gave the villain a four. Oh man i thought i would be the one that was the bummer i thought it was just straight up as average as average gets so i gave it a five but i see why you did what you did and that's the end of round three the villain round all right so that's going to bring us into round four with the overall spectacle Let the mayhem begin. And in this, we're looking at how visually engaging the film is overall. We're going to talk a little bit about the stunts, the special effects, the cinematography, the score. Jared really gets involved in the music. (laughs) So, you know, anything that stands out to us in the spectacle arena, we'll talk about that in round four. And with that... What are your thoughts on Spectacle for Casino Royale? Okay, Casino Royale's got a lot of really good, strong spectacle. It is not the most spectacle-laden James Bond movie I've ever seen because it's more stripped down, but they get a ton of mileage out of actual locations, actual sets. Uh, Everything looks extravagant and opulent. That's right. I'm using big vocabulary tonight. You know, the car looks good. The casino looks good. All the locations, the Bahamas look, you know, as beautiful as the Bahamas can look. There's a lot of good mileage in what you see. Some of the better stunt work from the James Bond movies is on display here. The stunt work in the pre-credits is really good with the fight in the bathroom. The stunt work in the... Rerunning scene is really great. It's very visually captivating. Not the most visually captivating Bond movie, like I said, I've ever seen because I think it was more stripped down, but still a lot to see. And the music is solid. This score is done by David Arnold. He's done several of the Bond scores. It's probably my second favorite entry of his score work. I think his best one is probably Tomorrow Never Dies. For some reason, I just love that one to death. I actually am a big fan of his score work on Die Another Day. It's one of the standout things from that film, if you ask me. And of the Craig era, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my favorite favorite score and it's an Arnold. So good music as well. And with that, I'll pass it over to you. Well, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. You're right. It was really beautifully shot. It kind of breaks up into three segments. You kind of have the start in Madagascar and then the Bahamas. You've got from the Bahamas, you go to the casino in Montenegro. And then from there, you're in Venice. And all three of those sets are just beautifully, beautifully Mm -hmm. shot. True. I like the black and white opener. Yes. Um, I thought that was really cool. I remember going to the movie and at first I thought, did I go into the wrong theater? (laughs) Because you didn't see the traditional gun barrel. Mm -hmm. No gun barrel to kick it off, man. Like I literally had to double check and make sure I was in the right, right theater. So I thought that was really clever. We talked a little bit about the pacing problem, and from an action standpoint, I agree with you, but somehow they managed to suck me into the poker game. Like, I was really riveted to this poker game. 
Yeah, that's and true. I'm not sure exactly how they did it. Each time I watch it, I feel like I'm actually at the table, you know, like I'm actually involved in the game. And I guess that's just a tribute to the director. I think he did a fantastic job. And then that parkour chase, that's one of my favorite Bond scenes of all time. And that action sequence is just, oh man, that's just adrenaline pumping from start to finish. And I bet I lo- it shows up in the next round. <laughs> it, it may, it may. And I love it. I love that scene so much. (laughs) Thank you, Lupe. (laughs) So at any rate, that's my thought on the spectacles of Casino Royale. Let's talk a little bit about Sky Captain. What did you think about the overall spectacle of Sky Captain, Jared? I think I'm going to speak for both of us. I'm only guessing here, but I think this is going to be Sky Captain's strongest scored category. Yeah. The movie is built all around spectacle. And as I did my reading and research, like 90 something percent of this movie is shot on green screen and it's all digital effects. And it's all that very retro borderline steampunkish late thirties, Max Fleischer, Superman. Think about that. Think about Flash Gordon stuff look and feel and that is charming it has a very charming quality about the way that it's filmed all the way through you know if you're not a fan of cgi especially early 2000 cgi it may put you off but i'm going to tell you this much for the era of early 2000 cgi we've talked about movies on action film face off that have suffered from it i don't think this one suffers i think it holds up I think their CGI is decent, and I'll go beyond that. I'll say it's strong, especially for 04. Creates a really cool world that's fun to be in. And I know I've harped on this before, but ever since we've been doing Saturday Matinee Theater, I think that really gave me an appreciation for this because I see all the nods, the winks, the homages, and it really does create a cool world. If you're a fan of old serials and old movies from the 30s, give it a shot. Over to you. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Just looking at my notes, I mean, I pretty much said word for word about the green screen. It holds up well. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it knowing that, okay, this is going to be an early 2000 green screen heavy film. Am I going to start seeing those flaws? And I really didn't. You know, there are definitely a couple rough patches, but for the most part, it does its job. I love the giant robots. I just got to go out and say that. I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. You talked about the film effects, the coloring and the tinting, and that was really neat as well. The only other thing that I added, because I had to say, I love those helicarriers, man. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> those helicarriers were, were hella legit. Uh, <laughs> and I did like the planes that turn into submarines. That oh, that yeah, happened. yeah. I think yeah, yeah, So they, you were able they, to get like air battle action and really cool underwater action. Yeah, and I like how the pilots come out with flight suits and scuba gear. (laughs) That was really cool. Well, at any rate, let's go ahead and uh, score these up then. So what'd you give the spectacle for Casino Royale? It's probably unfair that I score it more in the James Bond world. I'll be honest, I think if I scored it on its own, on its own merit, it would probably get a nine, but it ended up getting an eight from me just because I know more about the James Bond universe than I probably should. And I compared it in that universe, so I did end on an eight. You know what? I think I did the exact same thing and I came up with the exact same score. <laughs> uh, match game yeah I, I thought that for a bond movie you know it still had tons of action had a little bit of a pacing problem but still well well above average mm-hmm. i just want to point out that so far jason and i have matched on every category on casino royale but we have not matched on every category in sky captain now i'm wondering if we're not going to match on this one either but i'll let you lead it off what did you give the spectacle for sky captain I said some really nice things about it, and I think it's strong, but I like it to the tune of a seven. 
Well, I guess we liked it to the same tune. I gave it a seven as well. Oh, match game. Mm -hmm. So sevens and eights. Can't go wrong. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into round five. Round five is best action scene. This is action film face-off, so you better have a good action scene. James Bond, I don't think, is going to disappoint us. Jason, you're kind of famous now for giving us the breakdown, and I hear you shuffling papers. That means you're checking on those breakdown notes. Trying to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) That means he's checking his breakdown notes. Let's see how he broke it down. Casino Royale, I did break it down, and I'm starting to feel some pressure on this now. (laughs) It's it's getting naturally to me at first, but now I'm expecting to perform all the time. It's like me and the cover descriptions on Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, of course, there's the opener, or what I call, if the stalls are rocking, don't come a-knocking. <laughs> Pass number one. Number two is the parkour chase, and I'm going to cross some action film streams here and call it Diplomatic Immunity. <laughs> That's a connection between this film and Lethal Weapon 2. Very good, very good. <laughs> This one I think is going to be your favorite. The Miami airport chase slash fight, mm-hmm. or as I call it, blow up your pants. <laughs> Which is a callback to Diamonds Are Forever. He literally blew up his pants. Literally How did I never piece that together before? <laughs> I was really proud of that one. That's, yeah, I'm very proud of you. All the Bond fans out there are like, yeah, and all our regular action film face-off fans are like, what are they talking about? And then number four is the stairwell fight with the machete man. This one I just simply called, next time run to the elevator woman. (laughs) (laughs) She took her sweet time to get to that elevator. (laughs) And then number five is the Venice fight. You know, there's no joke here. The ending's very sad. Okay, you win. I'll do it. You got something in your eye. Well done. Those are the choices that I laid out. All right. Which one did you pick? I had to choose the parkour chase. Diplomatic immunity, man. I think that chase was just so cool. It hooked me into that story and never let me go. So parkour chase wins the day for me. Parkour chase is, like you said, I think in the last round, not only is it a great action scene for this film, it's a great action scene for the franchise. If you're going to sit down and maybe watch the top 10 James Bond action scenes, you're going to be seeing this one. So, yep, yep, it's that's my choice as well. And we will score those momentarily when we talk a little bit of Scott Captain. How'd you break it down? Four choices. One I called Robots Attack or Domo Origato, Mr. Roboto. Domo. Domo. (laughs) Number two was the attack on Sky Captain Base. And this one I called Or My Wife When We Drive. And I referred to that because she kept telling him like, oh, you needed to turn back there. That's exactly what my wife does when we drive. So So this is the point where he's flying through the city and he's chasing like the lead flying robot which leads him back to his base. Yes. Got it. And then number three is the underwater attack on the island. I don't know if I can say this one now. It's kind of late when I wrote this. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what what sleepy Jason thought was clever at the time. I called it, I'm going deep like a... I'll leave it up to you whether it's right. or not. Fair enough. And then there's the Escape the Island, or what I called Tales of Suspense, Shin of Disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> you get good at these. So that's it. Domo Arigato, my wife who we drive. I'm going deep like a <laughs> or Tales of Suspension of Disbelief. And you ended up selecting? I went on with number two. 
My wife when we drive, the attack on Sky Captain's base. Well, a mini match game once again, because I picked the same scene. I liked it flying through the city, and I thought that was exciting. And they juxtaposed that with the robots attacking the base, and you were kind of scared for Giovanni Ribisi. I thought it was good. But you know what? Let's score them going back to Casino Royale. We both picked Parkour Chase, and you went with... Tam. Flawless victory. <laughs> like you said, if you're going to watch... A top 10 action films of all crime films. This is in there. Man, I feel bad now. I scored it a nine. I give it a solid nine. I like it a lot. But yeah, we're nines and tens on that one. We both pick your wife when you drive. It's <laughs> the scene title, I think. And that Sky Captain doing cool things, flying through the city, blowing stuff up, chasing another plane. And you went with? Seven. Seven. I guess I'm just a bummer on this round because I gave it a six. I mean, I can see where you might go with a six on that. I just thought that there's a lot of stuff that happened. I like the guns on the base. I like the attack on the base, the chase through the canyons. There's there's just a lot of cool things that, that happened there. So That is fair. So basically, now there's almost like a new segment of the show. If you decided to play a match game and you your pick for this time was five matches, that was the correct answer for this episode, <laughs> And five score matches before we move into the final round, and I'll let Jason do what he does. Hasta la vista, baby. We're going to do the deduction round. It's the reduction for the ridiculous. And Jared, are you going to take any points off for Casino Royale? Nope. (laughs) I I didn't see anything in there that just drove me nuts. Jason? Two things. Uh Uh-oh. And one I just caught on this recent viewing, and I'm rather proud of myself. Oh, lay it on me. So when Bond enters the code for the money in the casino, he has to do the password. Mm-hmm. Passcode. I know the password. I know the password. What was the password? Vesper. Right. If you watch the buttons that he pushes, he pushes the number four. The letters on number four are G, H, and I. None of which appear, None in, the of which appear in the word Vesper. Oh, Jason's killing them on technicalities. Mm-hmm. Yep, I noticed. <laughs> and then finally, well, there's this one scene where Mathis goes, it's the tale. Bond was right. Maybe he can win. Mm-hmm. The problem is the way they film it is it's like you're at the end of the table. Lashif is in between you and Mathis. And it's like Mathis, like Lashif can clearly hear Mathis. We, we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> you mean this tale, this tale right here that I'm doing? Right, Shut right up, here? dude. Yeah. <laughs> and just I, every time I see that, I just bust out laughing. It's like Lashif can pretend like he doesn't hear. Uh, I think that's really what gave bond away like he just didn't keep his mouth shut thanks a lot mathis you ass <laughs> and i didn't take a point off for it because i hadn't really thought maybe there's a flaw in my logic but it also bothers me that bond had the password and vesper had the account number yep vesper gave the bad guy account number the, what mm-hmm. they really needed was for Bond to give the password. They already had the account number. Mm-hmm. Why did they go through all the machinations of sending it to Venice, having Vesper go and get the money and deliver the money when they could have just sent it to whatever account they wanted? Yeah. I, I didn't understand why yeah. they needed her to be the middle person. Yeah, once Bond spilled the beans, all she really had to do was call them and be like, yo, the password's Vesper. Have a good weekend. She, they right? didn't even have to do that because he because the guy came to the clinic where Bond was recuperating. Right. And at this point, he has no idea that she's working for them. She entered the account number and he just gave up the password because yep. he thought 
okay, this is going to where it's supposed to go. Right. And so he put it in. So she could have put anything in there and put it to any, any yeah. account. So they should have the money at that point. They didn't need her at all for yeah. anything. So point. I don't know. So I just left me scratching my head, but I didn't deduct a point from it because I don't know. I got to think it through a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought two's enough to. Yeah. Over on our sister show, Honor Majesty Secret Podcast, just so you guys know, we do a James Bond program over there with a couple of our friends from the Longbox Crusade Network. And our friends Van and Allen do a show. And you pointed out something that bothers Van as well, is if the whole point is to take out Lashif, Bond's plan to grab the steak knife and stab him was actually better than beating him at cards. I mean, if your whole point was to remove him, what the heck is up with the card game? They didn't want to remove him. They wanted the information that he had, so they needed him alive. Their hope was that by beating Lashif at this game, he would have no other option. He was SOL. He would have to go to them for protection. And in return for the protection, he would give up information. I see. That was the thought. Now, why they just didn't, Grab him and grab him. (laughs) I mean, that's how we do. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I I don't know. But I mean, I get the gist. A little overly complicated. But hey, you know, that's the British. (laughs) But anyway, Sky Captain, points Mm. taken off. Any? You know, not really. I'm not. I gave him some lower scores and I explained why and any any above from that I don't think really detracts. I'm not going to give it a bonus point, but the one thing that I thought I really did like about it was the through line of she only has X amount of pictures left and what's she going to do with them? You that know? was funny. And yeah. they had that super charming ending where she uses the last picture on him because she's like, oh, I love Sky Cat. And he's like, when's Cat? <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes the end. I was like, that's funny. That really, was good. That really was good, good through line bit that they did. I just wanted to mention that as, as a very high point. No deductions, no adjustments. It's fine where I said it. Same with me. I think I uh, punished it on the points enough. I don't have anything to subtract at this time. Well, that will bring us to the end of our rounds. All right, folks, before I do the reveal, I just want to do a quick reminder that if you like to hear us talking about James Bond, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. It's its own network, and Jason and I are on the show with Pat and Delvin from this very long box crusade network. And we talk James Bond on a show called rookie agents. Jason and I are longtime bond fans, as you could probably tell. And Pat and Delvin weren't big fans, but we took them through the entire James Bond franchise, one movie at a time. So if that sounds like something you'd like to check out, please think about checking into and subscribing to on her majesty's secret podcast. Yeah, it's fun. We laugh, we joke. There's trivia. It's a good time. It is a good time. Well, you're probably wondering how that math came out. Well, don't worry. We do the math for you here at Action Film Face Off. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face Off with a score of 83 to 60, to nobody's big surprise, Casino Royale. Well, congratulations to Casino Royale. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose your destiny. Nineteen eighty-two, and I will bring a film from. Choose your destiny. Nineteen 
1973. Oh my gosh, I was two years old. <laughs> you finally got the older film. I've been saddled with a couple of 70s films. Oh, saddled's not the right word. I've enjoyed them. Yeah, we're going to go back in time on this one. What films will those be? Well, we'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. Uh, we're talking to you, Dave. Battle wagon. Or you could tune in next episode to find out. Jared, I think we might have a little uh, something for the listeners. Yes, indeed, we do. We've got a little bit of a listener raffle for you here. We do love our listeners. As much as we love our followers and people who comment and talk the show, we have a special place in our heart for those of you who are listening. If you've made it this far, we're going to give something away. So we've talked casino royale i have a copy of it on dvd the two disc widescreen edition on dvd here ready to send out to whomever might still be listening all you need to do to enter is comment on twitter using hashtag roll the dice once again that's hashtag roll the dice so if you're listening right now thanks a bunch for listening to our program just go on twitter and comment and use hashtag roll the dice and on our next episode we'll let you know who wins the two disc widescreen edition dvd of casino royale well thank you jared and until then i'm jason weasel skull albrick and you can find me on social media at weasel skull on twitter or at jason albrick on facebook and instagram and you can find me jared albrick the yard sale artist aka death probe at yard sale artist twitter facebook instagram it's all at yard sale artist be sure to check out all the shows under the long box crusade umbrella by subscribing to long box crusade on itunes google play or pretty much all your finer podcatchers or you can check us out at www.longboxcrusade.com if you'd like to send us a question or a comment you can do that by hitting us up at social media at long box crusade on twitter facebook or instagram or we have our own twitter account which is at affo podcast we'd love to hear from you there we just broke 300 followers on that account jason so i'm happy about that Ooh. thank you to all of our followers on twitter uh once again that's at affo podcast it's a great place to drop your thoughts your comments your questions jason and i check that pretty regularly and we love to chat with you guys you said over 40 followers now uh, 300 what <laughs> That's terrific. Are you filling in for Pat right now? I am. <laughs> and if you want to interact with us via the live chat, you can be entered to win some more free stuff. We give stuff away everywhere you look, man. We have people everywhere. <laughs> you can join us for our next Doing It live stream on YouTube. Those are the second Sunday of every month, and we start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. We encourage you to head over to YouTube, look up Longbox Crusade, and give us a subscription, and click that bell so you get notifications for when we go live. It's a lot of fun. We respond to your direct comments in the chat, and we make fools out of ourselves, and we give a lot of stuff away. So why wouldn't you want to be there? Yeah, why not? Well, with all that said, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate it if you would recommend this to a friend that you know that likes action films and tomfoolery. And until next episode, keep your head down. And your knuckles up. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Battle wagon. <laughs> oh, I- I'll put the audio in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just assumed it was going in there. Oh, it's going in every time. Okay.
And that stars Daniel Gregg. That's my script writing prowess right there. <laughs> Wherever you go. Whatever you do. Peter. <laughs> <you be? laughs> right here waiting for you. <laughs> Tangeray ain't gonna drink itself, baby. <laughs> well, it might. <laughs> <laughs> 2004 Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. I'll try that again. Not the tomorrow. <laughs> you say it's mods, Mickelson? I think it's Moz. I think like the D is silent. Ah, so was it? Is was Octopussy played by uh, Mad Adams? <laughs> See, I went the other way on that. Hey, that's for the outtake room. We don't really make exploding pens anymore. We don't really go in for that anymore. So... What do you do other than let hackers hack us? Seven. <laughs> I made smart blood. Smart blood does the exact thing that ha- that you had in Casino Royale. <laughs> and I have this car with none of the buttons that work. <laughs> and the ones that do, you've had all those gadgets too. So, chip, chip, cheerio. Oh, we're gonna have a hell of an outtakes reel tonight.